The Persistent and Nasty podcast is a series of interviews and informal discussions with inspiring women and other marginalised voices in theatre, film and beyond. From actors to activists, we aim to amplify these voices and invite the world to stay nasty. gorgeous lot and welcome to the second part of persistent and ghastly this was supposed to be a little bonus episode but it's actually longer than yesterday's episode (laughs) as i said it was about a three hour 20 chat that we had and i have done my very best to cut it down but it is a brilliant episode full of well we start where we left off with 80s slashers movies and then we discuss our ghost encounters ghost stories psychic mediums werewolves and vampires come in at some point louise gets very impassioned about that and uh, we discuss all of our witchy films that we love um louise's sound goes a little bit funny at one point but it comes back in and you can still hear her although it is very faint um no adverts today but for any details they are in the description of this episode If you enjoy Persistent and Nasty Podcast and if you've enjoyed these Halloween spectacular ones, it makes all the difference for us if you can like, subscribe, review, share and download the episode. I'd say get yourself another large glass of wine and sit back, relax and enjoy. That kind of quintessential 80s, early 90s, stabby stabby genre. Yeah. I mean, um, why are you able to watch those? Not particularly. No, I've tried. I tried. I've tried Halloween. Mm. Again, a lot of these I tried when I was younger, when my imagination was uh, obviously way more than it is now. Um, (laughs) Halloween, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, all of that I tried when I was younger, and I can appreciate the cinematic style um what has always really got me is the fact that it's I can't unless you guys can prove me wrong I can't think of a horror film where um it's a male protagonist who's a uh, under threat um Golu sorry I'm so glad you said that I'm so glad you said that because I was doing some reading recently um uh, there, have you guys heard of this woman this film academic called Carol Clover um, she wrote this book and in, I, it shook her heads there for went <laughs> on a podcast sorry they said no uh, <laughs> so she wrote this book in 1996 called uh, Men, Women and Chainsaws and uh, uh, it, she s- presented this theory of the final girl that became widely discussed and acknowledged in in the film industry afterwards. The notion of the final girl, because if you look at a lot of slasher fix, fix? Films. 
got my fan fiction head on there. It's like writing my own in my head. Uh, slasher films. To read it. <laughs> uh, the final girl is a trope. So the end of the movie, the, the person that the villain faces off with is a woman. It's always a woman. Nine times out of ten, she is the one who's been virginal, modest. She's been the moral compass generally for the world of the movie. So, for example, when the other young people are getting picked off one by one, it's because they've had sex or they're taking drugs. The final girl is quite often the one that stands back and is like a bit reserved about all of that. And you see it time and time again in loads and loads of movies. Uh, I mean, Jamie scream, Lee Curtis. start it with that. Neve Campbell, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, um, I can't remember the actress's name, Nancy Thompson in, in Nightmare on Elm Street. They're all final girls. And one of the things that Carol Clover said was that the reason that the final girl trope exists is that nobody would believe a male protagonist in that position because what the movies need is abject blind terror. So they need that which could apparently can only be believed from a woman, but also the from the viewer, when you take it out as the, from the perspective of the viewer, which is a lot of the time the big fans of these movies are men, viewing the woman in that moment of sheer abject terror, whether she wins or not, is it's kind of irrelevant. And also a lot of them are a lot of them are presented with amb- ambiguity at the end. Like she doesn't always necessarily win, which is why we've got franchises. Yeah. Um and it's something to do with the the voyeuristic desire to see a woman that terrified um and i just thought that was very interesting and 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 the and it wouldn't work the concept of the movie would fundamentally not work with a man in that role was what carol clover posited and i we have no evidence to the contrary because no one has ever made a movie with a man in that role the closest I think one comes is Cabin in the Woods by Joss Whedon. But it's still a final girl. It's just the slightly geeky stoner guy also survives with her and comes in towards the end. Um, so I haven't seen Get Out. What is the... It's kind of in that horror trope. Yes. Now that... Because after you've been talking about it, it's the only one that I can think about with a male protagonist in it. But that took to what, 2018? Oh my God, you know, I love this. I love this so much. You're right, Elaine, but do you know why? The, the terrifying antagonist is white people. And you can absolutely believe a black person, male or female, being that terrified in that context because the, the stakes are so high and the antagonist is so f- terrifying. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting excited. That's like... <laughs> I feel like I've had some kind of breakthrough because you're right that is probably it's not necessarily a slasher movie but it follows a lot of the same types of architecture I mean I haven't seen it I just know that um all my friends that are um that I respect their opinions on films and filmmaking um, all adore Get Out and think that it's a brilliant movie brilliant performances brilliant directing brilliant screenplay and brilliant cinematography um so at some point in my life, I would. Uh, I hope I can manage to get, uh, make it through it. I, feel like I think you, you could. I, I think you could watch. I think if you watched it as an actor watching, sure, it, yeah, I think you could. Because it's scary, but it's not. It's it's, it's also exquisitely done. Kind of performances are amazing. 
I actually think yeah. for me, the thing that is the thing slasher movies yeah and all of that because I was younger and I didn't really like it but actually the ones that were always the worst are the more supernatural ones for me so mm-hmm. like turning of the screw they're the ones that really really stay and play in your head Blair Witch all of that because it's all the unseen yes and it's that thing of and it's really interesting thinking about it as a female and like you know you know I talk about it and I have talked about it I have an obsession with true true crime I listen to numerous true crime podcasts why do I do that Mm. why are the majority of listeners of true crime women of the shows that I listen to regularly the hosts are all female so what is that and for me I think it is uh I'll, I, I listen to look out for signs and to make sure I'm protecting myself. I think it goes deeper than that. Quite possibly. I think it goes into... For so many... Like, we live our lives generally in fear. You know, like, not to get too dark or bleak, but, you know, we walk through parks going home at night with our keys between our fingers yeah. because... The threat of a man, generally speaking, I don't want to like, no, no, sorry. Yes, a man jumping out of a bush and trying to kill us or rape us is very real. It has, it's a thing that has been presented to us since we were tiny, tiny children. Um, So that's why the horror movie, the slasher horror movie is so pervasive. That's why... The men in these movies, if they're not the villain, get offed pretty quick because it becomes about murdering the women and then chasing the woman who is brave enough to have some form of whatever it is, virtue, morality, strength. Um, I think our fascination with true crime comes from facing the thing that is so legitimately a threat and that scares us the most. Yeah. But then I think maybe it's, it's something to do with being able to then reclaim that story and it have it. Yeah. Yeah. Told as a warning. It, like, is that how it feels? Because I don't listen to true crime, but I'll watch a scary movie. And I, I like, I don't know if that's just because I'm not a podcast listener because my brain's always so buzzing that I don't want to put any more words in it. And I would rather sit and like have a visual thing. Yeah. And but I think I watch true crime documentaries though. So, you know but it's interesting I think there's something really interesting and I don't obviously we're not going to get to the bottom of it tonight on this podcast uh, drinking wine no but there is something interesting in how Elaine can't watch the the fiction of it the outrageous outlandish so many steps removed it's so obviously not real but has a fascination with the information of something that is very real yeah Oh, and I think that's I think that's interesting. I don't know what the answer is, but it's Steve once asked me why I watched it, and I said because I want to know that they've been caught. Mm. Yeah. And so when I hear an episode and it's like still unsolved, I'm like, no, <laughs> fuck <laughs> no. But I think there is Maybe something for me of like I that you know that I need to know that the person that perpetrated that crime, male or female, um. I need to know that they're caught. As a female, it's so funny that you say that about about 
the horror aspect of it really plays, I think it plays a lot on our vulnerability as women because it's always us walking home at night on our own. Mm-hmm. And that is such a, a vulnerable place for us to be. And you talk about the keys in your hand. Literally, since I'm sure I've said this on the podcast, I've definitely told you guys this. I remember at 10, possibly younger, seen an episode of Casualty and a woman had a set of keys on her hand and she sliced a guy's face because he tried to like chat her up at the train station. So she stabbed the key in his eye and cut it down. And I remember, I remember at that young age going, oh, wow. uh, Oh, yeah, I've done that every time I've been out walking on my own since I was probably 12, 13, 14, whatever. And it yeah. started to get a little bit dark. And then the older I've got, I've been walking home. My key is always in my hand, ready. Um, yeah. And I think um, none of the other movies do this, but and I think but Scream does, interestingly. And I think this is what makes it such a good movie in so many ways, is that when, spoiler alert, when it turns out that in Scream the person that Sydney trusted the most turned out to be the killer. There's something about the fact that it's her boyfriend. Oh, hey, wait, hang oh. on, that's a spoiler for me. Oh, I forgot you hadn't seen it. <laughs> well, Misha, get with the programme. It's been out for like 25 years. Just because I was a bit pissed and I was eating the apple out of my gin. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I out and then I realised. <gasps> I did see her eating the apple and I was like, she got fucking crisps. I'm raging <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Anyway, I was making out some. I, I don't know. I was making some kind of point. I forgot what. No, it was. You, no. Your point was exactly what it's like. What it's like for women in life is that most yeah. of the time, the person, the person that's going to probably be the one to do you exactly. harm is the person that you think is going to be the person to keep you safe. Yeah, and that's what made it extra. Yeah, I gave it extra impact in the end. Yeah, um, it absolutely did because actually, most horror movies, that's not the case. It's some. Yeah, it's just some random. Random. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, some rando or some monster yeah uh, yeah but it's really interesting though so like i so here's the question gaslight the film the play mm-hmm. do we class that as a horror i've not seen it <laughs> i knew that was coming i think it's i, I think it's a psychological thriller but it but it's spooky enough that it comes into the spook season yes yeah right it's a spooky psychological thriller yeah rebecca there's another one that's just about to come out on a netflix the new adaptation of it mm-hmm. um it's another one and it's always again female protagonist Isn't and her mind the- being played with not just her physical a uh, safety it's her mental safety as well i'm gonna throw this out there because i've had just enough wine to think i'm clever but <laughs> isn't that all horror it is shut up <laughs> isn't that all it is it's just like horror movies are, are just taking something that is psychological and making it literal like particularly ghost stuff and the supernatural that is just taking um our inherent fears of of the world around us and what we don't know um, and whether or not we are in fact just going mad and then giving it a face or giving it a thing to attach to and, and ultimately defeat whether that's through kicking it out a window or 
banishing it through an exorcism or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and so do you think then with that, that's why that we watch them? Because at the end of the movie, they have usually defeated it and they all live happily ever after unless it's a franchise. But in which case you're like, yeah, but the next movie, they'll, they'll get it then. We need to make more money. Yeah. <laughs> but is that why we put ourselves through the horror? Because at the end, it's like, oh, few they like they survived the ghost they survived the possession they survived the monster i think you've hit the nail on the head i think i think you i think you've just hit the nail on the head misha yeah i think that's exactly why we watched them yeah she's done it she's done it look at her she's not seen any of them she's not seen a single one But I'll just say here with my spiced apple gin that that's what I would say. Thank you for listening to the Persistent Nasty Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just came. Thank you. I just came to fix it. Now I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm out of gin. You've got the bottle next to you, babe, so it's not that hard. Yeah, but I've run out of ice. I can't have my gin without ice. No, you cannot. No, I mean, if you're just drinking... You don't have a mixer. Go and get yourself some ice. If you're just drinking room temperature gin straight from the bottle, you're basically an Oliver at this point. You're a Dickensian orphan. like. <laughs> or you're just in 2020 in the middle of a fucking pandemic. That's, yeah, same, same vibe. Okay, so here is my next question on spooky season. Mm-hmm. So I think whether you watch horror movies or not, Speaky, like, so for me, I I love Halloween. I love it. Because I talked about it earlier, fucking obsessed with witches, magic, since I was a kid, all of that. We all know how many crystals I own. I bought more last week, you know. It's just how I, how I roll. Um, but actually, what are our stories? Do we have any ghost stories? And or has anybody had their tarot cards read by a professional? Go. Which do you want addressed first? I don't mind. Uh, I have some stories. Yes, tell them. Um, and I should preface this by saying I don't believe in ghosts. I was literally about to say, Louise is going to tell this, and then I was going to say, this is coming from Louise. She told Misha and I that our crystals did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and that the min wasn't important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, not real and the earth's flat dumb bucks <laughs> <laughs> i mean i didn't word it exactly like that but you know you know rocks you said it with the same shade rocks on the earth rocks in space it's you know it's all you know it's rocks potato potato <laughs> um yes i have a, a slightly more scientific approach to such matters however that does not mean that I am completely free from a spiritual side. Um, Having said all that, I worked at the Tron Theatre. Shout out to the Tron. I worked there for... I should probably say we just did a wee fist bump because that was a silent fist bump. Fist bump. We like supportive. Supportive high five. Go. Because I worked there for a few years, quite a few years actually. Three years. Um when I because I, I I got a job there when I was at university and I just kind of stayed there until they kicked me out um you know go live your life stop working here um and loads of things happened there that I can't explain um we used to have a lot of 
I might get into trouble for mentioning this, but we used to have a lot of lock-ins at the Tron back in the day, um, in the Tron bar. It was the, the early, it was the early noughties. Everybody did. Don't worry about 90s, it. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, one of the things we used to do uh, once we'd felt brave enough after a couple of beers was to walk around. We'd go through the backstage corridor, into the back, into the theatre, and we'd walk around um, either just just doing that or at one point um, a guy who worked there uh, called Fraser had his digital camera with him and one night we walked through um, backstage corridor all hand in hand like a little caterpillar and he had the digital camera running recording video. So we walked from one end of the backstage corridor to the other and then came back around through the Vic bar to uh, table 12 in the main bar, where it was, which was where we all sat and drank in full view of the street. Anyway, um, and uh, we, he played the, the video back and you could hear us chatting and laughing, but in the background you could hear this sound like, uh, it sounded like someone dropping from a great height bits of wood, like planks of wood onto other planks of wood. It was a clattering sound. I shit you not. And I was just like, that we couldn't hear that when we were walking through. Cause if we'd heard that when we were walking through, I'd have run the other way. Um, but it was on it was on the video recording. So that was kind of hard to explain. And then there was one night, um I was a duty manager for a little while and we were setting up for like a, a sponsors night. Um, so this is maybe like four or five o'clock in the afternoon and I was through in the foyer, um, what is now the box office of the Tron Theatre and I was setting up tables um, uh, for like a, a donor's reception for drinks and stuff like that and I don't know if, if you're familiar with the Tron you'll know that in the sort of foyer box office area there's like a turret um, that takes you up to the sort of, if you're in to see a show it'll take you up to the sort of top of the seating bank um, but there's also like a that spiral staircase part of the original church that the Tron was and that spiral staircase goes down and then it stops a, a bricked up wall which behind the bricked up wall is the entrance to the crypt that is that sits underneath the Tron um and um, Misha's, Misha's reacting just going, like if people, <laughs> our whole face is just keep going I knew this yeah open I didn't know any yeah there's there's a crypt underneath the tron because what used to happen was um when it was a church back in the day uh condemned men would be read their last rites at the church and then walked through that corridor down underneath the tron and then they would walk under the streets um through the crypt and under the streets and then brought up at the gallows in the tron gate where they were hung so it was like you, so you you bear, so you weren't walking them through the streets you were walking them under the streets and then their body was brought down and brought back and if they were thieves or paupers or people who had no um right to a christian burial their bodies were just left in the crypt until somebody could come and get them so there's a really famous story with the tron like one of the early like directors when it started when it was first turned into a theater there's this story that they tell people on doors open day where uh, he went down into the crypt because he had plans to turn it into like costume store or something useful for the theatre. And then apparently he came running back up saying, brick up that wall, never let anyone in there again. <laughs> and, uh, and it remains bricked up to this day. I don't know if that's true, um, but it is like the, the stairs go down and then they just stop. So there is a there is something bricked up. Um, anyway, that's besides the point. 
on this day, uh, setting up for this event, there was just this almighty crashing sound that came from downstairs in this turret. Again, I can really, I, I can remember it because I can describe the sound. It sounded like somebody hitting pipes, metal pipes with a metal, something else that was metal. It was like this almighty crashing. And I went in and I was like, I don't know where this is coming from. I can't figure this out. So I kind of, it stopped eventually and I came out and I started walking through the corridor that connects the main bar to the foyer box office area. And one of the bartenders was running through towards me and he was like, an entire shelf of glasses just fell. Like it's there's glass everywhere all over the bar. They just it just fell. It just kind of came crashing down. And it was just an almighty mess. We had to clean it. It was, oh, it was chaos. And uh, and I was like, oh, that's a weird set of circumstances to happen in the space of five minutes. Um and then what was the the last thing? Oh yeah, the last thing. Sorry, I'm going on a bit, but no, I fine. just remember them so vividly. because uh, I was a duty manager. I would cash up at the end of the night and the bartender's office, the bar office in the Tron is on the first floor. It's in the same block as the admin block for the theatre. It's a little office off to the side. It's got a wee window that overlooks um, King Street. No, not King Street. The street with A1 Comics on it. And um, I was in cashing up and the, the two bar staff, I could see them on the camera, the CCTV, which is pointed on the bar. There was two people outside my door having a conversation, like a legit conversation. I couldn't hear what they were saying, but it was very much two people having a conversation. And I was like, I'm the only person in the building, apart from the two people I can see on the CCTV, because I know this because we've just closed the bar and I've just gone around the whole place locking up. I'm just going to sit here for a bit until it stops. So I finished cashing up and then just stopped. I just sat there and then eventually it stopped. And I just went out, closed, turned off the lights, and just ran down, ran down the stairs. And um, and then I double checked with the the staff. I was like, you t- like there wasn't like you two didn't come up the stairs at all at any point, right? They're like, no, 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 we've been here this whole time, which I knew because I could see them. But you know, you never know. There was a delay. Maybe they came up. I just wanted to be sure. But no, they were admin- they were never there. And I was like, okay, uh, sorry, it took me so long to cash up. I was uh, shitting myself. <laughs> uh, so, uh- <laughs> so what's your scientific explanation for that? I don't have one, is the honest response. Uh, I know that it happened. Um, I wouldn't be telling the story if I didn't experience it. Uh, it was weird. Um, I can I can suggest to you scientific explanations for the middle one, the press night thing. Uh, I'm going to go with pipes and coincidence. The conversation, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe what I was hearing was coming from the street outside, and I didn't know that that's what I was hearing. I don't know, but either way, it was weird. <laughs> there you go. Those are mine. Story. I love it. I'm a, I'm a listener to the scary stories. I always have listened to other people telling scary stories. When I was um, at school, we had an after school club. Um, and there was a girl that was like, she must've been like at high school and like, this was her like part-time job and she did after, after school and she would like help out at the club. And, um, she would, and she was always there during like the summer holidays when we were in the, like this, uh, after school club for like during the holiday times as well. And she would always have all of us like wee ones and telling us like all the scary stories. And I used to live for her scary stories but I have not got a brain to remember stories and I'm a terrible storyteller 
for being an actress. <laughs> I need a script and I need to work on it. But cool. Lou, that was really good. I like that. I mean, the Tron, I've, I mean, there's, I've got a whole bunch for the Tron from other people. Like, um, and I'm sure Elaine knows this because Elaine knows the Tron super, super well as well. That there's a there's a legend of a ghost at the back of the Tron bar that walks back and for, forward. Uh, some people think it's a, a monk because um, the back bit of the where the Vic bar is uh, for the Tron used to be, I think it used to be on the graveyard. I can't remember exactly, but there's a story about a, a club in Glasgow like in the 18th century, the Hellfire Club, they worshipped Satan and they burnt something down there at some point. Like there's, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. I can't remember the exact details, but I think if you Google Hellfire Club Glasgow, it might come up because it's another one of the stories they tell during Doors Open Day. And somebody, well, people generally reckon that the, the figure that people have spotted walking up and down at the back of the Vic Bar is wearing a cloak. So they think it might have been one of the, the monks that was part of the Hellfire Club. Um and uh, yeah, some people like loads of people. We used to do sorry, <laughs> we used to do these things at the Tron. Um, the ghost hunter people used to come and visit quite a lot, and uh, set up their gear and stay overnight. And uh, they would ask staff members if anybody wants to, you can join them. Um, because nine, well, they needed somebody to lock up, so they yeah, there would always be a, a Tron staff member there anyway. But it, they would open it out for anyone else that wants to do it. And I and I did it when. Uh, one time drunk as fuck um, but it was very fun and uh, there was a, a night where we did a wee a moment during the night where we did a wee seance in the Vic bar and there was a, there used to be it's different now but there used to be at the kitchen doors there used to be a coat rack and uh, we did the whole is anybody there blah 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 and then just very gently the, the, the hangers on the rack just rippled a little bit and then the doors went Tiniest little bit, tiniest little bit. Like it could easily have been wind. It could have absolutely easily been wind. It's not like they threw open, like they didn't fly open. I am freaking out. (laughs) They didn't like, it wasn't like, the devil is here. It wasn't like that. They didn't fly. It was just a gentle, just a gentle swing. The tiniest of tiny swings. What a Uh, delicate ghost. Yeah, delicate ghost. What a dainty haunting. A dainty hunting. And uh, so it could have easily been a gust of wind, but at the time we all bricked it. Um, yeah, you would. So <laughs> it's fun. So if the Tron is listening to this podcast, which they should, because I think we should tag them in this because they're getting well, a lot we of are publicity. Tag them. Yeah, because <laughs> this is this is great. It would be good to know, actually, if we do tag them, if the people who work there now have any stories. Yes, actually. it really It'd would be, be really good to know. And, and if they're... Anyway, in any way similar if they've seen things in the same spots yeah because this is yeah. like this is like 2004 or something like that so it's a long long time ago I worked there so it would be good to know if if maybe they're seeing seeing the same, thing. same things yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you Elaine you must have some stories I actually do um I need to pee and I'll need more wine but what I'm going to say before I do those things is actually mine are quite personal Okay, I have one that I'll that I'll start with. Um, a few years ago, my Steve and I, the husband, um, were visiting his family up north in a tiny little place called Helmsdale, and we decided to go to Brora for the day. I mean, Helmsdale actually sounds like the setting of a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. when I when she first said, I heard Hellsdale. 
<laughs> then I corrected myself. It's um, it's actually a so it's, it's there's a whole load of history because of the Highland clearances. There's so much that goes on up there. Anyway, we went. In fact, it wasn't brought up. We went to Dornoch, and um, we were going to go down to Dornoch Beach and all that, and that's lovely. And then we were walking past, and Dornoch Chapel was open. A uh, cathedral was open. And I was like, oh, let's go in here. That's really nice. And I walked in, literally in the archway of the door, and what felt like being hit in the face is the only way I can describe it. And I felt like I wanted to cry. And I felt like um, I could just feel the pain and the sorrow of all these women who had to sacrifice whatever they'd had to sacrifice and it sounds really wanky as I say that out loud and it sounds really cheesy and all oh. of that but I have never experienced a building with that kind of energy that's like so I could feel the history of it like literally there were spirits in that building whether that's scientific or not. People will say that about Notre Dame they'll say that about Sacre Coeur like Sacre Coeur I can feel it a little bit more than Notre Dame it's so those buildings are so tourist uh, accessible Mm -hmm. going to a tiny little cathedral in the highlands of Scotland and walking in and honestly like it almost felt like a barrier to me and I walked around and the tears were running down my face I wasn't crying I just couldn't stop I just couldn't stop the tears and we walked out and I said, Steve, I was like, did you feel it? Did you feel it? And he was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about, me." And I was like, but I, even now, I don't think I've experienced anything like that with the, it, yeah, the energy of that building and the history of that really hit me. Well, you're an empath. Like you've, de- you've demonstrated quite firmly that you're an empath. And I think that's fair to say scientifically or not some people just feel their feelings a little stronger than others and I think like like you know how I feel about these things you know that I'm very scientific but that doesn't believe that doesn't mean that I don't believe in energy I think there's energy in places because there's so much that science can't explain yeah but that doesn't mean that it's not explainable it just means that we haven't explained it yet and I think it's for me and this is probably the reason that I can this is that I'm not scared all the time every minute because I feel like if I did genuinely believe in ghosts then I'd, I'd be a quivering mess because I don't think there's a malevolent thing that can hurt us drifting through places it's scary and it's freaky and it's spooky to think about it because we don't understand it but I don't think there's like I don't think there's hauntings in the traditional senses they're presented in movies I think I think places are haunted in the same way people are haunted because there's it's like the memory of trauma. Le- yeah, trauma leaves marks. Yeah. Trauma of any kind leaves a mark. It's, it- yeah, and I agree with you on all of that. Yet, I will never and have never done the Ouija board. And yeah. never will. I mean, I'm a scientist type person and I'll I still not do a Ouija board. <laughs> Just won't fucking touch it. I've watched enough movies. Like, I know how this goes. You don't do this. You I don't, don't touch it. it. You don't do this. Uh uh-uh. uh, no, no. It's interesting, Lou, because I'm very similar to you. For all that I like, I do follow star signs and all this. I also 
if someone asks me about it, I will always bring it back to the science of it. And that is energy. It's like, for me, it's like a comparison to electricity. Like energy is like electricity, but it's, we just don't know as much about it. And it does have like imprints. It's got like layers of stuff that we just don't understand. And yeah. Yeah. Explaining it because I'm pissed, but. We also don't, we also don't fully understand the capacity for how our own, how our own mind like you can like hallucinations for example are a sign of like are a symptom of extreme stress like people who claim they've seen ghosts are quite often people who are either struggling with intense mental health issues stress um or or even like things that are more physical like malnourishment uh you know we've get we we hear tales of stories from people in insane asylum like the insane asylum trope of being like one of the most haunted places of course it is it's full of people who are crazy who are seeing things in their own mind and um you know that's not i don't think that's an accident that that's become a trope mm. um yeah i think there's so i think so much of what we're scared of is projected by ourselves in the end we've done that because <laughs> it's everything it's all of the things and it'll um, raise your hand to things that you have seen. Would be. Yeah. Well, what else did you and uh, what else did you and Anya watch in your horror I'm movie marathon? Trying Madison? to figure it out. We um, we watched Friday Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to work out what that movie was that had Annabelle in it. That wasn't Annabelle. It wasn't Annabelle. Was it? No, it was the one that was like um, a family it, of like four. Was daughters. it The Conjuring? Was it The Conjuring? No, I don't think so. No, okay. Um. <laughs> Let me just type um. Annabelle. It was that one that's like got the two <coughs> Annabelle movies. It was really good though. It was like whatever it was. Um, pure shat it. Pure shat it, like. Pure shat it, man. Now, it's the Conjuring universe. Okay, so maybe it was yeah. the Conjuring then. Yeah, because it, it is. It, she appears for the first time in the Conjuring. Or the Conjuring Two, I can't remember which one it is. Let me look. Which up are both Conjuring. quite quite scary. Um, but yeah, then I think it, I think they get a little bit too focused on the doll a little bit after that, and then it gets ridiculous. Um, uh, but you should watch the Blair Witch. The Blair Witch is legitimately terrifying. It must have been one of the Conjuring movies because it has that same character in it. Um, it's got Patrick Wilson in it. Is that the guy that's like him and his wife? Him and his wife are like oh, psychics. Was, or you something. know, it was the conjuring because it was the woman who'd hung herself outside. Yes. Yes. That's, yeah. that's the conjuring. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, long story short, I saw the conjuring. <laughs> and it clearly made a huge impact. I just, you know what it is? I just, my brain doesn't work like that. It doesn't retain things that it doesn't need. Um, and I'm, I do need that but my brain's like no no you don't need to remember the title you just need to remember the impression and the storyline and what I really liked about that film was like the layers of it how it like affected so many different people and like everyone had different like um responses to the different ghosts and like hauntings and there was like different layers of hauntings like there'd been like the original haunting and then the, the secondary haunting of the third it was yeah I liked it a lot. It just gets a bit confusing after a while. Yeah, it did a little bit. I was like, did there's that, a lot of movies here. Did you watch The Haunting of Hill House, though? Did you watch that? No, I've not watched that yet. Okay. I'm yet to watch it because, like, yeah, I'm saving 
the good stuff. And you didn't watch it either, did you, Elaine? Okay, because there's a storyline in that. I won't do a spoiler because the spoiler, if I do the spoiler, it will, yeah, it's a proper spoil spoil it. (laughs) But there's a storyline in that that pays off in like episode eight or something like that. And again, it was one of those ones that's up there with Hereditary. I was like, that is going to stick with me (laughs) the rest of my days. I am legitimately traumatised. And I think the reason that it it stuck it, it stuck with me is because what it plays on it plays on the idea of something that terrorized you as a child following you throughout your life mm. and then having a payoff and and then understanding why it pays off is is just as terrifying. Um, oh god! It, oh god! It's so awful. I'm thinking about it now. Oh, okay. Anyway, back to the podcast. Who's had their tarot cards read properly? I really want to, um, but I haven't. Apart from from you, Elaine, That's <laughs> you read my tarot cards properly. Um, That's not proper, babes. I'm just like on a wing and a prayer. I don't know if it's my story to tell, but I know that my parents went and saw a psychic and my mum was pregnant with me and the woman refused to read my mum's cards, like refused point blank. She said, I'm not... I refuse to do it with a woman who's pregnant, but let me give you this bag of crystals. Here's some crystals for you and here's some crystals for your baby. And the crystals that like were for me was like a rose quartz. And uh, I think it was uh, a citrine. Um, I mean, I'm loving that. Lou has a face on her. Sorry, I don't do psychics. I think they're the ultimate shyster. I think they prey on people's vulnerability. I think they are, I think they're bad people. I don't, I don't believe in them because I'm sorry, it's just not, it's it's so woolly. There's nothing to, there's nothing even strong enough in what even the, the, the alleged best people to it's 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 about it's about understanding human human need and desire and nine times out of ten nobody's going to a psychic because they're not feeling vulnerable like Mm. that's what they prey on and I think they are I think they're shysters that prey on people's vulnerability and I I don't like it that's so interesting that's my jazz with that I did a performance um so I worked with a a performer in Edinburgh um and he's called the psychic con man. Ash um, is an absolute champ and he runs the Edinburgh Horror Fest. Um, and he, uh, so I did a performance with him where he was doing Ash, Ash Price's psychic con man. And then part of the act was, um, it was like a, um, like a medium came in. But part of it was that it was like a kind of recording of the medium was like talking about this thing. And then it's like, and we're going to bring this medium in. And so I came in, I'm an actress playing a medium. And so I'd like called myself like Mystic Misha, like as a kind of like part of the character. And my thing was, I (coughs) basically had some information about an audience member. And then we would do um, like a cold reading, basically. And you you do all of the kind of things that a psychic would do where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm getting a sense that you felt a bit out of place at school and you maybe didn't always feel that like you fit in, but 
you got oh and I'm sensing there was something when you were young I'm getting the sense that there was some sort of pain there was something that was really something that really hurt when you were young and it left a scar or there was something that broke when you were younger but it's like you say things that ultimately have happened to everyone so it's like yeah. it is like basic cold reading things the language um, that you use is very particular because it can yeah. apply to anybody and exactly. the people who are coming there are already there because they have something that they are needing to find so you use general catch-all language and people go yes yes and then that's the cue for the psych the psychic with bunny rabbit ears go yes okay great and then they take that and then they build on it and yeah, they pull it, it was- and by that point the person's in because they're like it's, oh yeah 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 and then you say the facts that you already know. So you're like, I'm getting a sense of like a person whose name begins with, but it's facts that you've already like pre-known about them. But I remember being very like, um, very adamant with Ash. I was like, I don't want this to feel like I'm telling them something that is like coming from a like a a, a, a lost relative because I... I'm not a psychic, I'm an actress and I know how to do this performance, but I am also someone who is empathic and I do know how to read people. So I know how to kind of like perform this in a way that will still feel genuine to the audience. But I was very cautious that I wasn't saying anything that was like, oh, I'm getting a sense from somebody with a hat, like an older person, they've got gray hair and they wear a hat and they really like this hat. Does that remind you of anyone? Like, but like every old person that wore a hat because like every, every old, old person, person that wore a hat, hat. legit yeah, I do yeah no I'm sorry I can't do it I'll give you ghosts I'll give you energies I'll give you moons yeah. and crystals but psychics I think are are fundamentally they're con artists and exploit and they exploit people at their most vulnerable I'm if any psychics like, listen want to come on and prove <laughs> yeah, us wrong please absolutely do. I would love oh I would love to have a little chat I'd love to be proved wrong. Tell me. Tell, Tell me, me. all. I'd love... Well, actually, let's do it because actually, let's put that out there then. Let's have a psychic come and prove us wrong. I will put it out there right now that not a single one will take us up on that because I know how to talk to the... Well, I don't know how to, but I've got questions for these people. <laughs> I've got questions. So, so if, they're, if they want to come on, come let's, on. Let's do it and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, let's see what happens. I understand yeah. what you're saying though as well. I am going to say one thing though. If it gives somebody some sort of sort of peace, comfort, peace, yeah, comfort, no. then I I'm, think that whether we believe it or not shouldn't actually matter. It it doesn't in the end, except that these people are making money from it. If and it if, is somebody coming up to you, if their skill is genuine, then if it's, um, I do I, love getting my tarot cards read. Though I'm not going to lie, I'm, <laughs> sorry, I'm not going to. I lie. mean, that's 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 different. Like tarot Tell cards me what are fun. I'm supposed to do. I don't know what but, I'm supposed to do. I saw a meme, a really great meme, uh, from one a of the witch, as Ian calls a it, mem, a meme, as Ian calls it, uh, from one of the witchcraft uh, bloggers that I follow. Which is basically like basically saying that tarot is a is a form of self-care it's not predicting the future it's not some kind of like give me my lottery numbers it's an act of self-care and I thought that was really interesting because I think it's it's important for me because I'm really interested in all this stuff too but it's important for me to reinterpret it in a way that makes sense because I think anything outside the parameters of when you start talking to me about people predicting the future or seeing ghosts like you lose me a little bit because it starts to get ridiculous whereas things that are rooted in uh, self-care being empathetic as humans understanding like the, the world around us is bigger than what what we are and that we're all 
contributing to something bigger that's when I get on board like if you start giving me stuff that's daft that's when I get a bit (laughs) punchy and someone that's not fun to talk to and why I had no friends thank you for being my friends when she hates the moon and tells us that our crystals are rocks (laughs) and that they have the moon I love the moon witchcraft let's name our best witchy film Elaine, you never tell me what we're going to talk about in the podcast and I don't have time to like think on the spot. What? When do we ever discuss what we're talking about on no, the podcast? never. And so I always come across in the worst manner because I no, just can't doing. think this quickly. You Listen, do I'm, can- I'm officially cancelled because I don't believe in crystals so that like, you're doing fine. It's okay, you don't believe in being cancelled so you can't be cancelled. Can't be cancelled, don't believe in it. You can't cancel the non-canceller. So I'm going to start because I've already had a, I've already had my um, thought. Two books that I read when I was younger, um, a series that my dad's mum, my grandma Mita, she uh, started me list, uh, reading was The Spook's Apprentice. And it was about like this wee character that was like training up to be a spook. And they were like the people that like defended um, the land uh, from like... Um, demons and witches but the wee spook's apprentice meets very early on in his like story a a witch who he befriends and I fucking loved that witch and like part of the story was all about like how they trap the witches in these like pits with salt and iron bars but this witch he like befriended and I freaking love the spook's apprentice books and I'm going to try and find um what the other books were called um it was so good and I've still I've got some heard of it. Oh, they were, I think it's because it, like my grandma sent me a lot of books that were like from Canada. Canada. The like Louise has also disappeared. She's gone. She's like, I can't be arsed with your fucking rocky bullshit. Um, she but hates the other series, talking about crystals. I know. Was the, now I spoke about them with my friend Kirsty the other, uh, the other week. I, so it was the House of Night series and it was like, it was the first like young adult vampire fantasy novel, absolute fucking dream books. And it was about these women who were like at this, Lou, I'm just telling Elaine about, so this book's Apprentice, great, great series, little uh, guy, friends of the witch, good witch. My other series was like my young adult vampire fiction, uh, fantasy fiction, mwah, 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 House of Night. Oh my God. It was these women who went to this school for like basically for young vampires and they did like their cults and they would like, like it was the first books that I was reading where they like these women like would bite a guy and if they bit him he would become obsessed and infatuated with her and he was like her human and there was like sex and there was like sexiness and they were like these badass women and they were at this like school and they were like fighting demons and they were vampires and fuck like that was grandma sent this to you no, this one wasn't for my grandma. I was going to say both your grandmas are well on it with the sex. <laughs> sounds great. No, I, do, I think, so I used to like, and this is the other thing, Lou, I probably would have been with you. I used to um, go to the library after school and I would like, in fact, there was a bookshop I would go along to and I would like go, like read through all their different sections and like pick a book. 
You can't take us back into the world of crystals, Elaine. Stop showing us your crystals. We're trying to like get Lou back on board no, here. I li- I have one. I have I like them. <laughs> just, just I like your stupid rocks. I like your stupid rocks. Look, I've got one. I just they just don't. Anyway, carry on. Keep going, me. Anyway, so I would like go to the library after school and like even on my lunch breaks and my like in my school break, I would be in the library reading my books. And so I read all the Twilights. I read all the uh, Northern Lights. I read these um, House of Night books. I read so many different like vampire, werewolf, mostly vampire to be honest. And a lot of like witch books as well. And that was like most of my like early adulthood. I think we might have been pals. I think we would have. Yeah. I was in the library. Like I wouldn't speak to people. I would just go to the library and read my book. I was very good friends with my librarian, Mr. Morrison, who was so fucking great. I mean, although Okay, I would not have been friends with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> See, we've established that. That that's become apparent very early on. Not because that you were readers, just because I'm dyslexic and literally the thought of reading was like that's not what I was hanging going to out, do. hanging anyway. out with the librarian. I mean, I didn't get any cooler after I graduated from like hanging out in the library. I hung out in the art classrooms and would just finish my artwork. When you graduated, so what, like last week? Like, yeah, was that? when yeah. I graduated five minutes ago from high school. Yeah. When I graduated from being a book nerd, I went into being an art nerd. This is brilliant though, Misha, because I haven't heard of either of those books. So it's really yeah. like, great. Like, you know, um, I'm super excited about House of Night. That sounds right up my yeah. street. It's so good. I want to go back and reread them, actually. In fact, I only recently was talking to my friend Kirsty and we were comparing notes because we both read them. And I didn't know at the time when I was reading them, I didn't know anyone else who was reading them. But Kirsty said that she and her friend were reading them. And so they were like able to compare notes. And I didn't have anyone. So we had like a very late, oh my God, how good was it? And then they had these guys that they would just bite and then they would be their little like tag along buddies and they would shag them in the woods. And it was so saucy. Honestly, it was great. I lived for, for you. It. Like 15, no, I was like 13, 14. Shagging in the woods. It I was mean, quite saucy. I mean, it was definitely like early erotica. I, I read the Vampire Chronicles by Anne Rice when I was like 13, which were kind of sexy, but were kind of sexy in a sort of candlelight and wine. And it's it's the 18th century. We're in a French castle kind of sexy. <laughs> so it wasn't like shagging in the woods. Nah, this was and like it, American school, like American yeah. vampire school. So very different. Nobody was actually having sex in the Vampire Chronicles. There was a lot of blood sucking as a sort of metaphor for sex, but oh. no actual like, you know. I, you know, I'm maybe crossing like the um, House of Night series with another series that I was reading that was more werewolfy and I can't remember the name of that series Uh, and then also I then transitioned into the ones that became the tv series um with Suki what was her name Suki oh uh true true blood blood yeah so I transitioned from house of night there was another werewolf series oh my god speaking of spooky season the Darren Shan books did you read those oh my god that was like the first like horror that I was like really into was all the Darren Shan books. Can highly recommend for anyone listening who's my generation. If you <laughs> didn't read the Darren Shan books, where the fuck were you? 
I'm no getting, one I'm getting middle your, finger from Elaine but no one of your generation is listening to our podcast they're all on TikTok no one is listening <laughs> maybe I'll put this on TikTok and then they'll listen that's no, actually great segue we are now on TikTok we kind of joked about it and then we thought fuck it we're just gonna Man. do it and Elaine got a set and now we're there hello we're on TikTok guys Really got bored last Saturday and was like, I'm paying us on TikTok. I mean, TikTok is TikTok is what happens when you're bored. That is what happens. It suits um, up. I'm gonna Darren Shan, I've made a notes because it sounds like it's gonna be right on my street. Elaine. There's a lot of books, a lot of books to get through, and they are very scary, but very like intricate and great worlds. I I would probably go back and read them again, actually. For me, on the witchy stuff, um, I'm like proper old school, like I want to go movies, etc. So, Veronica Lake, I Married a Witch. Superb it's stuff. It's a classic. Black and white. Yeah. She literally, her hair is the dream. Mm-hmm. It's only like an hour and ten minutes or something because it's ridiculous. So, you know, watch it. Um actually on an aside the whole story of her and the um, filming of that is really interesting and how she was treated as a female with her male counterpart anyway um bed knobs and broomsticks oh i love bed knobs and broomsticks so do i (laughs) i'm going to be controversial mary poppins is a witch oh yeah 100 a witch i don't think that's controversial is that controversial i think some people would say it is controversial (laughs) but yeah those people are probably, probably Christian right. fundamentalist weirdos. Yeah. MP is a witch. Uh, yeah, like super witchy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think these are really nice, easy ways to lead you into... Um, I think Have my you... next... Carry on. Go. I had a question. Go. How do you feel about practical magic? I fucking love it. I love it too. <laughs> I honestly think that Practical Magic is one of the most underrated films and witch films and actually sister... I've got a moth, guys. I've got a moth. Um, tenement flats. Um, it's one of the most underrated films. A, is witchcraft, mm-hmm. but it's also but about being sisters. And because obviously... No. Like you've obviously you've got Diane Weist and Stockard Channon, and then you've got um, Sandra Bullock and uh, Nicole Kidman, and those relationships and how they transcend. And then you've got the two little girls as well as sisters. I know. It's I just love it so much. I think it's the most one of the most underrated films. My sister and I heart it so much. It was so um, beautifully structured as well. It's got the right amount of like. Like this is this is real magic, but also like here's some legitimate craft stuff in here yeah. as well. It was just so yeah, super underrated and spectacularly structured as a nineties movie. We've got some great some some great nineties romance, some great nineties soundtrack moments. Nicole Kidman looks sensational in it. I mean, they both do. They all look they absolutely incredible, but Nicole Kidman in particular is smoking hot. And it's just also there's like, only three men that are of any importance in the whole film. Mm-hmm. Yep. And actually, yep. the whole film, especially the last couple of scenes, without giving too much away for those of you who may not have watched it, because well, really, what the fuck are you doing if you haven't watched Back to Magic? Uh, but uh, wait, 
Misha hasn't seen it. Oh, I can tell by her face. Sake, Misha. I'm sorry. You in particular would love this. You movie. would love it. You're you would love it. Wood. It's so beautiful. It's a lovely, lovely movie. And it's a great movie, even outside of witchiness and spookiness. Yeah. It's just a great movie. So it's, it's a movie about of- sisterhood and supporting your female, your females in society and in your community. Mm-hmm. And it's about family and love and you in particular having a sister who you're so close with. This movie will like it's it's your movie. It's your movie. It would probably like really break me down. I would probably be very upset. It will and it won't. Like my sister and I are super close and um, we both love practical magic. See, this is the thing. I always love the same movies as me. Neither no, but neither do Laura and I, but on certain films. This and movie. I promise you, this one is. You it's so good. Things about being sisters in it that it just like it's so. The scene where she goes to get her and the and she's in the motel carpet the the, the motel uh, car park, yeah. and she's like, "I need my shark's tooth. Where's my shark's tooth? Blood on the moon. I need to go get back. I need to go back again. It's just it's so, so good, Misha. That's your homework." Misha, when Laura went to uni and I was in Glasgow and she was in Edinburgh and like we're talking like early days pre-iPhone and all, I would occasionally get a text message and all it would say is blood in the moon, blood in the moon, blood in the moon. And I would send her one, blood in the moon, blood in the moon, blood in the moon. And it's, yeah, Practical Magic, I think, is one of the most underrated films and everybody should go and watch it. It's so good. So can, I just, good. can I just slot back in to my book recommendations? If you the must. Werewolf, the Werewolf series, the Werewolf like books that I was reading was the Werling trilogy and can recommend that. So please add that to your like Misha. Great. I'm sorry to I'm sorry to break this to you and your generation, to- but nobody wants to have sex with a werewolf. I'm sorry, but in this book it really was a sexual awakening. Vampires are sexy, werewolves. I, I kind of weird. I would agree, but the Whirling series is great as a trilogy. They're very small, very quick to read, great books. Um, and see the the voice of that kid that like just sat and like devoured books in the library. She needed to be heard. She needed to let you guys know that those were the books to read. Thank you. The Over werewolves that. are coming back. The werewolves, werewolves are they're dying. definitely not. Yeah. Anya's been watching Teen Wolf. And so I kind of watch it over her shoulder and I'm watching Buffy and she's watching Teen Wolf and I'm just like comparing, comparing the quality of content. There's only one way to absorb Teen Wolf. It's the movie with Michael J. Fox and that's it. That is the only way to absorb Teen Wolf. Well, to be fair, it doesn't need a series. It's it's very... it's got a little bit of a sex appeal. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm, I'm Wait, watching over her shoulder. I, I, I did not get this memo about wanting to have sex with werewolves. Elaine, oh, back me up here. I like, why? Yeah, I mean, I... I, I, I would pick a vampire. I was... Vampires, 100%. Please don't... Like, I'm not a Jacob Gile. I'm a Team Edward, but... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We do not do that on this podcast in my presence. Twilight is not allowed. We can't have Harry Potter and not Twilight. 
Uh, yeah, I can. It goes Buffy, Harry Potter. Back to my witches because we're a fucking feminist podcast and I'm sick of hearing about the vampires and the fucking werewolves with their (laughs) dangly bits. I mean, you know, dangly bits. Dog bits and teeth. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I've covered, we've covered practical magic, obviously the craft. Like we can't have a conversation about anything to do with witches without involving the craft Mm -hmm. i am slightly concerned for the reboot we'll see how it goes is that the new movie that's coming out the new series that's coming out i am i think it's a movie pretty sure it's a movie is that a movie i thought it was a series yeah no it's it's a it's a movie yeah and is that the advert that you sent in the group chat that we can come yes which which you cannot speak to because you've not seen the original so you need to be quiet but they I'm do sorry. that thing with the water in the head. They do that thing and then they go... Light as a feather, stiff as a board. literally. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that about my vampires and my werewolves too. If you grew but up Misha, in the here's, in the early yeah. 90s and you were not doing light as a feather, stiff as a board, who the fuck are you? Yeah, because Misha, that wasn't a thing that that movie invented. That no. was a thing that everybody was doing then. Yeah. Like Wicca and witchcraft and spell books was a whole popular thing, which is why the movie The Craft was made. Satanic Um, Panic, Misha, there was a whole thing in America about the Satanic Panic, and it was like, yeah. yeah. So like uh, girls at slumber parties and their teens were all getting together and then you would lie you would lie flat on the floor and then you would like each girl around you would stick their like this their fingers like this underneath you, just the tips and just the tip. That's what the vampire said, and uh, and start saying over and over again, light as a feather, stiff as a board, stiff as a board, feather, stiff as a board, light as a board. Did it ever work? Yeah. No. (laughs) Of course it didn't work. Don't be ridiculous. It did. It didn't. (laughs) Who am I going to believe? (laughs) Lane, tell me your story. It totally did. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the craft is like you know, and I I adored the craft. So the craft for me is like, I feel like I need to add the game that me and my friends were playing. Never mind, dear God, the feather stiff as a board. We used to soak our padded bras in water, put them in the freezer, and then we would dare each other to run along the streets wearing these frozen bras. So, I mean, I don't think that was commonplace. I don't think that that is a normal young person of my generation's thing it's really, to do. That's really um. Maybe cut that because that's a bit personal and bit weird. I no, I just that's staying in. I'm gonna get so that's much judgment. I also just I'm just a bit like, wow. I think it came from Angus songs and perfect snogging or like one of these other kinds of like. I think Elaine was away getting some more wine or something like that when we said when I said this to you, but I and I don't mean this to sound as mean as it's going to sound when it comes out of my mouth, but your oh, generation is devoid of cultural content. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I will take that. I mean, that's just just we, we do tragic. love that generation yeah we love you like you know oh my like, god you're the future you're the absolute future we love you we so much but pinching. that's just 
we're pinching all of this stuff from your generation no you're not even that whatever that was whatever the frozen bra thing is don't put that on us don't say you stole that from us you did not steal that from us that's i mean the witchcraft we're stealing the witchcraft now we're a little bit late no no. you're not stealing you're just learning yeah not stealing learning the bra thing the bra thing you can keep like you can have that i mean what the fuck possessed you i don't know what's that about I think it was in a book that we'd read or it was like something to do with like dares. It might have been a Tracy Beaker thing. I mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, it is kind of funny. funny. I'll give you it. And then I'm like, is it to like make your nipples stimulated? Like I'm on a whole other thing now. I'm like, what? No, I think it was, I think it was like the dare. It was like to do with like, we did a lot of like dares. Like you were like dared to do different pranks. Okay. And that was like, I kind of like, oh, the, the frozen bra is the worst one because it's really cold. But like I always thought it was hilarious and was like, oh my god, I'll wear the frozen bra. Run myself. Okay. Anyway, back to my witch film recommendations for people. Fuck me. Um Who brought her to the party? Jesus. Um Stardust is my next one. Mm. I like Stardust. Okay, yeah. Love Stardust. Jennifer Bates, that's a wee shout out to you, babes. Uh, Jen and I used to have a wee uh, Stardust day before she moved to Stinky London. Um London, I'm joking, but you know, not really. No, um, you're not. You're not. <laughs> not joking. Uh, stole all my friends. Um, yeah, Stardust is great. I don't think yep, it, gets like credit it. it deserves. The book is obviously brilliant. Film maybe not as great as the book, but the film is still pretty good. I'll also happily watch anything with Michelle Pfeiffer in it. Because I mean, who come wouldn't? On. Come on, babe. Um, I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that movie and I liked it. I thought it was very Let's good. Maybe even saw it that. twice. Let's get that fucking the fucking fanfare in the podcast. Yeah. Let's let's give that the fucking reward it deserves. Anyway, I you know, there's loads of telly programs, like as we've mentioned, like I love Sabrina Teenage Witch. I love I really enjoy the new chilling adventures of Sabrina. Um, in particular, though, like when I really think about it, the characters that uh, intrigue me the most are the older women in it. Mm-hmm. Madam Satan, Zelda, Hilda. Lou's mm-hmm. gone really quiet, babe. You've gone really quiet. You unplugged your mic. Ah, uh, her mic's not even being picked up by the Zoom. Hello. This is a precursor to you getting kicked out again. <laughs> it's like a whisper of Lou. But remember, this happened before. Remember, mm-hmm. when there was like all sorts of spooky things happening here before. This is oh god, yeah. I, I, I was going to say earlier, but I also didn't want to say it out loud. I've been hearing like sounds on either side of me for this entire podcast. Like there's a sound that I keep hearing over here. You kept looking there and I totally thought Anya was in the room. No, it was like a sound of a, like a floorboard creaking beside me. But I, I mean, this isn't, it's not my story to say, but a woman has died in this house. So... I mean, a woman's died in every house. Let's face it, patriarchy, am I right? I mean, yeah, but this was my You're so that. quiet, Lou, and that was such a great line in your face with the ladies. I don't know why you're so quiet. Um, I don't know what's yeah. happened. When you come closer, it's better. This is better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, sorry. Don't apologise. It's totally fine. Misha's doll's house is freaking me out. Um... Like her little face. Uh, um, I think that um, on the whole witchy thing, yeah, that's what I was going to say. 
list of scary ass true crime documentaries for people to watch. I'm going to just give my list. This can be slotted in at any point in the podcast. H.H. Holmes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Jack the Ripper, whatevs. Um, you know, H.H. Holmes for most people will maybe will be quite interesting because they might not have heard that story. Um, I would also be looking at there's a few other haunted houses in the UK. Obviously, you've got like if you really want to freak yourself out, listen to Bible John, which as we discussed a couple of weeks ago in the coffee morning, I found out one of his victims is literally 200 yards from where I live. That was not great. Can I just intersect to the Jack the Ripper? Mm-hmm. I've started reading The Five by Hallie Rubenhold. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm only like just, I'm just about to start the first chapter. I've read the um, the preamble, uh, the scene setting. Um, but yeah, I'm reading that at the moment. To be continued. I just wanted to add that because actually I'm sick of Jack the Ripper. It's not about him. It's about his fucking, the, the woman who... The Five is great, and I wholeheartedly agree with that recommendation, Misha. Well done. Thank you. Um, also, there's a great um, story about a, a English a house called the Borley Rectory, which is a really good one that there's quite a few podcasts and stuff on. But yeah, um, H.H. Holmes feels like a very uh, apt one for Halloween. Can we put all of our recommendations on a list and then put it on our link tree so people yes. can just find them yes amazing yes that would be lovely because i would like to listen to all of these too so i want an easy place to find them yeah am i still really quiet no you've gone loud again oh great okay i've asked steven to bring me a rum and he hasn't done it um what the fuck are husbands for if it's not to bring them rum right we've covered so many different things today on our halloween special of 2020 <laughs> i think we the did scariest of years the scariest the of years scariest of years <laughs> yeah um however you are spending this halloween full moon full moon blue moon <gasps> get your crystals out Smell get your crystals out, get your intentions out there and close that goddamn portal that we've been having oh. to deal with since the beginning of this year. But no matter what you do, have a great night. <laughs> have a fucking great night. I mean, yes, do that, do that. But also, and don't forget to see <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit the fuck out. Elaine, you've got so much bob on your hands.